You are listening to Future Net Zero, a platform to help businesses and the wider community improve our lives and our planet by achieving net zero. In this episode, Future Net Zero News Editor Johnny Bairstow spoke with Sotiris Georgiopoulos, Head of Smart Grid Development at UK Power Networks. They discussed grid flexibility, customer costs, and the role of EVs and other technologies. Hi everyone, today I'm talking to Satiris from UK Power Networks who are getting on with projects to source low voltage flexibility from households. Uh, Satiris, could you tell us first of all uh, what low voltage flexibility even means? Hi Johnny, good to speak to you. Yeah, so when we talk about um, flexibility in in a household, we uh, mean the ability of uh, of a house, of a flat, of, uh, of the overall household to increase or decrease the electricity consumption at certain times in response to a price signal. And that price signal could come in, uh, in the form of a, of a tariff, of a time of use tariff, uh, where your electricity is, um, has a different cost at different, different times, or in the form of a, of a monthly payment, you know, there are different types of bundles that um, electricity, energy uh, suppliers, energy retailers are offering uh, these, um, these days. And, and of course, other, other parties who are entering the, um, the energy market are offering to consumers. So it is that fundamental ability to, to shift your demand, uh, as, as we say. So if you, so it's, if it's you, a grid balancing mechanism, essentially. Yes, it is. I mean, the, the example, so for us, you know, currently, you know, the main challenge that we, we are seeing over the next 10 years in the southeast of England is adoption of uh, new low carbon technologies such as electric vehicles. Yeah, everything's getting more distributed, decentralized and renewable. So I guess you need this flexibility to kind of open the grid up and allow them on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's all about keeping costs down, right? So... If so, our current forecasts say that um, you know 3.6 million, we're going to have up to you know 3.64 million electric vehicles by 2030 in the southeast, in the southeast of England. Now, in the southeast of England, in terms of uh, you know our kind of unique unique meter points, we have about eight million. So four million out of eight million is you know is a significantly not significant number. Now, what we want to to do is to work with um, uh, with retailers. With, uh, with the customers, with the end customers uh, and other parties to make sure that when we have this amount of electrification of transport and electric vehicles on the street, that we provide the right signals. So not everybody's charging at the same time, right? So this is, when we talk about flexibility, we, are, we want to create the flexibility. So the electric vehicle drivers have an incentive which is a lower cost to them to charge at a different time, not at 7 p.m. that they come at home or 8 p.m., you know, not at that peak window for us, which is currently between, you know, six for electric vehicles, between six and nine, provide financial incentives to charge at, uh, at, uh, at a different times outside, outside of those windows, to charge in the middle of the night, for example. Electric vehicles sound like they're very important. And what other technologies fit into this? Are there, I'm guessing it's uh, on-site renewables like solar, um, smart systems in the houses. How, how does it all fit together? 
Yeah, so um, we, we see, I mean, I, I, I talk about electric vehicles because we see them as the, as the biggest, uh, if you like, chains. Other technologies, you, you can, of course, shift any of your electricity demand at different, different times in response to a lower tariff, you know, whether you're, it's your, you know, washing machine or, you know, your, your dishwasher, you, you can, of course, do, do that. In the case of solar, we, we, we have seen some take up and I'm sure we'll see a lot more over the 10, 10 years or the next 10 years of um, residential batteries. What technologies are UKPN actually rolling out to these households? So we are not rolling out technologies to the households. So the service that we provide to a household is a connection to the electricity grid and the ability to import, to consume electricity, or if they have a solar panel on top of the roof, the ability to export any excess energy they are not consuming at home and send it back, back to grid. So we, as, a, as an electricity distributor, we don't generate or retail electricity. Our sole and core purpose is to distribute electricity across, across the network to the uh, 20, uh, 18 to 20 million customers that we serve. So you're, you're essentially turning households into either mini power stations if they have renewables or you're enabling them to act as part of a grid scale battery essentially. Yeah, absolutely. I exa- exactly that. And, and going back to the, to the flexibility tenders that we're currently running, we are running them across 10% of our, um, of our network, if you like, network population uh, currently in our geography. And what we've done in those locations, we've identified that if the users, whether it's households or, or businesses uh, or industrials, in that location, if they are prepared to turn up or down, depending on the issue, their demand at the given times that we advertise, we are prepared to enter into a contract and, and offer them a financial, essentially, reward for that. So, so they, they get paid? They, yeah, exactly. They get paid. So they get paid to offer us a service. And that service, essentially, helps us balance the network. So in, in return... It's essentially saving us, you know, saving us investing in network infrastructure. Is that because you would need to build kind of um, flexible technology yourself to replace traditional power plants that can be turned on? You're replacing them with batteries and so on. But if households are doing it, they kind of fill that role instead. It's an alternative to network capacity. Um, So we wouldn't uh, build power plants, but we would need to have enough capacity on the network to make sure everyone that is connected and is using the network uh, can, uh, you know, can be accommodated. Sure. So, so instead of in a traditional way we have to do that is to uh, build physical infrastructure, physical assets, lines, you know, pylons, cables in the grounds, that, that, that sort of thing. Now, the alternative that we are proposing here is to enter into a contract with the users, whether it's households or uh, businesses, uh, small or larger businesses or industrials, to provide that, um, that response.
You mentioned if uh, if the consumer in question helps balance the grid, they get paid for it. But is there an initial cost to consumers, whether they're a business or a household, in getting set up? Yes, yes, of course. The, the, the initial cost would be the capital cost of the equipment. So, you know, in the case of the electric car, you know, you buy, you would need to buy an electric car and, and you would buy the electric car in the first instance, you know, your prime uh, reason be uh, you know transport to take you yeah, around sure. and you probably have done your numbers based on the cost of uh, petrol cost of electricity and you figured out that over the lifetime of the of the car you know getting an electric car is a better better economical you know it's a, it's a better uh, decision for you yeah but at the, at the same time that car is a mobile battery right so you can monetize the battery in also participating in the energy markets. And, you know, there are national markets. We at UK Power Networks, we have developed these local flexibility markets where these batteries can participate, can be aggregated through third parties and participate in these markets and in return you earn revenue. So, as you can see, it wouldn't be your main reason for, for buying an electric car, but, the flexibility that the electric car has in terms of its battery and the ability to, to you know, uh, move your charging times uh, gives you then an additional revenue stream. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure as well as balancing the grid, which uh, obviously is hugely important in decarbonizing the country, this process is also going to incentivize EV adoption, isn't it? Yeah, and it's, um, it should also reduce the overall cost for the users of the electricity network yeah i mean that's that's for us the, is the ultimate game the ultimate game is to facilitate net zero offer excellent customer service and do this at the lowest possible cost yeah and in order to do that we'll have to use all the innovation that we we can and flexibility is the main commercial innovative tool that we can we can use to, to deliver this at a lower cost. You, you mentioned net zero there, uh, and obviously that's our main focus here at Future Net Zero, uh, the journey towards uh, becoming carbon neutral essentially by 2050. But how important are technologies like the ones that we're talking about in reaching that stage? The, those technologies, so electrification of transport, for example. And, yeah, and, and flexibility and, and, in general. Using the flexibility that now these users that are connecting on the network can offer, it will keep costs down. And that's really the, um, the end game for us is to, is to balance the two. Use the flexibility and where we, we don't have enough capacity and we can't get flexibility, then invest, invest on the network. Yeah, and everything follows the money, doesn't it, really? Uh, Decarbonisation won't happen unless it makes economic sense. So by bringing the costs down, uh, we're only working closer yeah. towards those goals. Absolutely, absolutely. From my research, I was reading that there are other organisations doing trials in this area uh, in terms of low-voltage flexibility, but it seems as if UKPN is uh, one of the driving forces in actually getting on with it, as it were. Yes, absolutely. So um, we, we are very pleased and we, you know, we are proud to uh, have uh, just awarded the uh, first uh, low voltage flexibility contracts, not only this country, but as far as we can tell, uh, all, around, all, all around the world. Um, so 
we have demonstrated by doing that outside of, an, of a trial or uh, something that has government funding or some other, if you like, arrangement, we have demonstrated that we can develop commercially viable propositions around residential flexibility. Still early days, of course, in that sector, but we signed up contracts with 16 companies. And it's a huge, um, hugely varied state set of, um, of participants there uh, from uh, new energy retailers, energy tech companies, electric vehicle companies, electric vehicle charging providers, aggregators in that space. So people who are entering uh, this market, and it's very exciting to, um, to see that, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's huge amounts of interest and people are prepared, including us, to put, uh, to put the real money behind this and uh, sign up contracts. Well, yeah, progress towards uh, net zero is only accelerating. Companies are taking it more and more seriously, I think, every day. So it, it is reassuring that so many actors from across the energy uh, sphere and beyond are getting involved. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much for talking to me, Satiris. And uh, I look forward to catching up in the future to hear more about how it's going. Thank you very much, Johnny. Thank you. You have been listening to a Future Net Zero podcast, along with our partner, UK Power Networks. This has been a promoted podcast. Please follow us on social media and subscribe to the website at www.futurenetzero.com. Future Net Zero. Better business, better planet.